Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Um, guys, we just had a holiday. We were all snowed in for it. Anybody know what it was? Someone just said snow day. That is not a holiday. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, yes. I hope you were with the people you loved, you know, for that. Uh, and as the holiday, as the holiday came around, I was thinking about love. And then I was like, man, a lot of songs are about love. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that. Like, turn on the radio and you're like, time after time, it's love, you know? I think that's actually a, a lyric of a love song, <laughs> time after time. Um, so I was like, I wonder how many. And you know me, love a good Google search. I was like, how many love songs have there been? Guess what? How many you think there, how many do you think there have been? 85. 85, that's my highest bidder right now. Anybody think more than 85? 85. Okay, okay. You pull, you pull, you twist my arm, I'll tell you. A hundred million. Not even kidding. And those are the recorded ones, you know? Like, have you ever just sang yourself a song when you're thinking about love? Like, oh, I love them so much, you know? So, lots of songs about love, right? And I was like, you know, there's different, there's, there's a lot of types of love songs. Like, we go to these songs a lot, right? And they talk about love, they make us happy, sometimes they make us sad. Um, but there's one particular song that I thought of immediately when I thought of this love song, of, these, of love songs in general, right? This one's happy. It's from a movie you've probably seen. Frozen, Frozen. Um, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it for us. And if you know it, I want you to sing along, if you know it, okay? You got me back there? Let's hear it. Love is an open. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, boys. Love is an open. With you. With you. Love is Goodness. You guys are good singers. Yes. There's love, there's love songs like that, right? They're sweet, they're, they're cute, they, they give you fond feelings. And then there's other love songs. And actually, I didn't know this was like a breakup song until my roommate told me, Emma, you guys met her earlier. And uh, you guys might know this one too. So let's hear, let's hear this one, sing along if you know. Midnight was like, baby, 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 oh, like baby. You'd always be mine, mine. Guys, raise your hand if you knew. <laughs> you were coming in with it, I heard that. <laughs> also, Macy, I love the energy back there, you guys. Thank you so much, Madison. Um, okay, raise your hand if you knew that was a breakup song, first of all. Okay, okay, well, I, I feel silly. But point is, point is, there's a lot of songs about love, right? Agree? Yes? Yeah. There's a lot of songs about love, but the songs that we hear about love, the songs that we sing about love, 
are not always what we mean when we talk about love, or definitely not what Jesus means when he talks about love. Tonight, we're going to look at some, some verses. We're, we're still in the Sermon on the Mount. We're still in these words of Jesus that he spoke to a group of people, right? And, and when he was speaking to these people, he talked about love. And he talked about it in a little different way, I think. Because how many of you guys, when you think about love, you think about like a warm, fuzzy feeling inside, you know? You're like, aw, I like them. They're fun to be around. I appreciate them, right? It's like, aw, I, I like being around them. That's kind of what we think. And we really associate love with a feeling, right? It's something we feel. But we're going to look and, and we're going to read some verses where it seems like Jesus is talking about something else. If, if not something else, definitely something more than that kind of love. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. We're in Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to start smack dab in the middle of this section of verses tonight. So we're in chapter 5, verse 43. Okay, let's read it together. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Pause. Pause. We need to stop right there. Because there's something we need to notice about this first, this one verse. Now, we've heard this phrase a lot. You have heard it said, right? We've heard, you've heard it said, don't be angry. We've, we, you've heard it, or no, you've heard it, you've heard it said, do not murder. But I say to you, don't be angry, right? We would have talked about, you've heard it said, uh, don't commit adultery, You've heard it said, Jesus is using this phrase over and over again, and what he's saying to them, what, what they've heard, are these phrases from the Old Testament. A lot of them are the Ten Commandments, these, these laws, these rules, you've heard them, you've read them, you've lived by them, right? And then we get to verse 43, and it says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, part of what he just said they had read as a law from God. The first part of that phrase, love your neighbor, it's in the Old Testament. If you, go to, if you turn in your Bibles right now, you would find it in Leviticus chapter 19. God commands his people, the Israelites, he says, love your neighbor. But then Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, and hate your enemy. That's what, that's what he's talking to this crowd of people. And he's like, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But the second part of that phrase is not a command of God like the rest of these have been. God never told the Israelites to hate their enemies. Especially not in Leviticus 19 where, where he's talking about at the first part of this phrase. And what had happened was there were other people. There were other people who came, uh, you know, who were teaching the Bible alongside Jesus at this very time when this was happening. And what they had decided is they had read Leviticus 19 and they had said, well, if we are supposed to love our neighbor, who is our neighbor? Because not everybody's our neighbor, right? I don't want to have to love everybody. Or who does that qualify? Who do, I, who do I love, right? And some of them had decided, well, there's this whole other group of people, our enemies. And in fact, we don't just have to not love them, we, we can hate them. If we have to love our neighbors, we get to hate our enemies. That's what other people besides Jesus were teaching. And Jesus, he says, you've heard it said. People around you are saying, 
that God's command is to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But let's keep reading because Jesus does not stop there. He says, but I tell you to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you. Now, it's at this point where people in the audience are like, no, no, Jesus. Like, like I get it. I don't even like being angry. I could get behind that. I could understand where you're coming from with the anger thing. I could see how that makes my life better. I could see how, you know, not lusting after people and having covenant relationship and, and making that an, an important part of my life. I could see how that's helped for me. But to love my enemies? No, thank you. Maybe you right now are thinking, no way. No way would I love people who are my enemy. Who, like, what does enemy even mean? It means someone who's against you. Like someone who literally goes against what you're trying to accomplish, right, to oppose you. Some of you might be like, Jesus, no. Like, you don't understand. You're telling me that I have to love those people? I don't even have to just, like, not care? Yeah. But I think we need to understand what Jesus means by the word love. We need to understand what Jesus means by the word love because Jesus' definition of love is not warm, fuzzy feelings towards people. It's not just that. Actually, in, in the language that Jesus spoke, he didn't speak English like you and me. In the language that he spoke, there were a lot of different words for love that meant a lot of different things. But Jesus specifically uses a particular word on purpose because he does things on purpose. He uses a word that we translate as love. He uses the word agape. Everyone say agape. Yeah. Now, this word particularly is an action word. This word means action. And and a, a wise person, I think, defined it well by saying that love means that we desire the good for someone. That we want good things for them. And agape love is when we enact that good for them. When we actually act good towards people. And when we want what's best for those people. So, so we started in the middle, right, with this, this phrase that honestly, I, like if, if you aren't shocked, I want you to think about the repercussions that this has on your life. And let's, let's look at, because really the question we should be asking ourselves right now is who is our enemy? Who is the person that we don't want to love? And I think Jesus helps us understand who those people might be, but maybe for you, you already have some people in mind. Maybe for you, it's the girls who talk about you when you're not around and you hear about it from other people. And maybe those people, listen, and maybe those people, the way you've been fighting that is you've actually been doing the same thing back. Like you've been going around their back and you've been talking about them behind their back. But what if loving your enemy looks like actually putting encouraging notes in those girls' lockers? What if your enemy is the guy on your team who, like, knows he's good and, like, wants to prove it every chance he gets and, like, just is obviously just showing off all the time and wants to prove he's better than everybody? Maybe, maybe that's who you don't want to love. Maybe that's who you hate. 
And maybe loving them is like asking them to be your partner at the next practice. Because the kind of love that Jesus talks about is action-based. It's not a feeling. You don't just have to like, like clench your fists and be like, I kind of don't hate them anymore. <laughs> no. Jesus is saying, do the exact opposite of what you want to do. So let's go back up to the top because I think the top will now help us understand this idea. Verse 38. It says, actually, I want, I want you guys to help me read through this. There's going to be a few words that are in a different color, okay? If, if it's in a different color, you read it. Sound good? Okay. It says, you have heard it said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Now, I had to read a certain word. What was the word? Anyone. Some of you might be sitting here thinking, I don't hate people. Right? I don't have enemies. I'm like generally a pretty nice person. Right? But, but what's interesting is that Jesus, when he's talking about this whole idea of like just wanting to get back at people who are mean to us or just wanting to get back at people who do something to us, he's, he's still quoting the Old Testament here. Like eye for eye and tooth for tooth, that's in the Old Testament. But what these people have done is they've taken advantage of this law that was actually there to protect, protect people. And they've said, if someone does something wrong to me, you better bet I'm coming after them. You better bet I'm going to repay them full as much as they did to me. I can do it back to them. And it became this getting back at them and getting even culture. Have you any, anybody ever felt that? Like, my goodness, I have to get back at these people for what they've done to me. Nobody? We're, we're good? So, so Jesus is, is broadening the spectrum. He says, I, I understand the hate your enemy thing. Like, I understand how that's difficult. And I understand that when someone slaps you, I don't know about you, but I definitely don't want to turn the other cheek and let them slap me again. And this was actually, like, these examples that he gives, they're like real examples. Like, I don't know the last time you guys got slapped in the face. Me, never. So I don't know, like, but that doesn't happen very often. But this was happening. This was happening. Every day, this was a, this was a, a reality for these people because Roman soldiers, the government, they could just slap you. They could actually, they could say, hey, here's all my luggage, here's all my stuff, walk it one mile for me. No questions asked. You're on your way to dinner? Cool. Take my bag a mile away from where we're at. Take it two miles to dinner. So this was a real, this was a real thing for them. And Jesus says, anyone who asks you, enemy, neighbor, same, anyone who asks you, those are the people that you respond with active love. You respond by doing what they don't, what they don't expect you to do, which is to love them when they 
are, are bringing hate. So maybe you need to ask, who is your enemy? And maybe it's, it's not as clear as that, as like somebody who's outright mean to you. Maybe it's subtle things, like you don't want to love your parents when they ask you again to do to watch your younger siblings or your you know you have to do another chore that they just added on late like maybe it's at that moment when you're doing what you want to do and they ask you to do something else that you actually just need to like set down the video game and walk and do what they needed you to do maybe it's your siblings Maybe it's your siblings. When they're annoying you and you're finally alone, you can finally spend time on whatever you want to spend time on and they come in and they're annoying you, they're doing something to bother you. And instead of pushing them away or yelling at them, you just like set down what you're doing and you do what they want to do. It could be as simple as that, but, but here's what I want you to understand because if you're anything like me, at this point you're like, why? Why would I do that? Why would I act like that? Why would I repay evil with good? When someone is mean to me, when someone slights me, when someone does something just to get under my skin, why would I not do the same? That's the question I ask when I read this, because I don't want to if I don't have to. Why would you love so recklessly? Well, the Bible helps us out with that too. Verse 45, Jesus says the reason that we do this is so that we may be children of our Father in heaven. And even later, he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. There's another version of the Bible that helps me understand this a little bit better. That word perfect just means, like, be mature. Don't just live, like, by getting back at people all the time, because that's not helpful. Live like your Father has lived towards you. How has God lived towards us? Well, in order to know that, we can look at the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus loved us when we hated him. When we were actual enemies of God, Jesus loved us. And so he says, you will actually start to look like me. So, so why, I mean, why do this? Well, let me tell you a little bit of a story. Um, when I was little, I, my, my grandparents lived in this West Texas town called Lubbock. And we would go and we would visit my, my grandparents, my mom's parents. And my grandpa was a pastor. So we would go to their church on Sunday. And we would walk in. I'd be like holding my mom's hand, you know, don't know what I'm doing. Just walking around, following her. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, some old woman would come up to me, undoubtedly. She'd crouch down, and she'd pinch my cheeks, and she'd be like, if I didn't know any better, I guess I was looking at an old, a young Donna Carmen. That's my mom's name. And I was like, okay, what? What do you want? And uh, my mom would laugh and say, yeah, we, you know, we're related. And um, they would start talking. And, and as a kid, I remember getting, like, upset. I was like, uh, I'm different, I'm not my mom, I'm my own person. I was like seven, I don't know. I was like, please, you know, like, I'm my own person. And I remember getting upset. 
Well, for, the first thing with that is I did look exactly like my mom, so I just didn't want to deal with the truth there. We both are covered in freckles. Like, there was one time where I found a picture of my mom, and I thought it was me. <laughs> and so I just really needed to deal with the truth at that point. But the second thing is that as I grew older, I started to realize that more than wanting to, you know, look like my mom, you know, physically, because we have the same DNA, more than that, I wanted to be like my mom. I wanted to act like my mom, because my mom's really cool. My mom is the most generous person I know. My mom welcomes anybody. My mom listens when I have something to talk to her about. And I want to be like that. I want to love people like my mom loves people. You all sitting in this room right now, you are irrevocably, unchangeably children of God. You are made in his image. But you, when you love people, specifically when you love your enemies, you don't just look like God. You don't just have the same DNA. You act like him. You act like him. And this is what the kingdom of heaven is all about. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the good news for you and me. Some of you might be sitting here thinking like, I don't even know like that about Jesus. Like, like God, when we were his enemy, it says in Romans 5, 10, it says exactly that. It says, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? God has loved you actively while you were his enemy. When you sinned against him, when you broke the laws that he is repeating in this sermon, what he did, the love that he showed you, was that he went to a cross. He didn't just get slapped twice on the face. He didn't just go two extra miles. He didn't just give you his coat. He gave you his life. So that you could have life in him. So that you could enter into the kingdom of heaven where you are blessed. So, so first off, if you're sitting here today and you, don't, you didn't know that or you don't believe that, that's the first step. That's the very first thing. Because you can't give love that you don't have. And ultimately, when we are loving people actively, we're not even loving them with something we had inside of ourselves. We're loving them with the love that God gave us. So, so if you are sitting here thinking, is, does this include me? Yes, it includes you. Jesus died for you, his enemy, so you could enter into a kingdom of heaven. And now... He wants you to be salt and he wants you to be light. He wants you to look different and love different. Because you've entered into a kingdom that is different. So, let's live like God has lived towards us. Let's stand and worship. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christchurch, visit us online at cco.church.